This episode is brought to you by Eufy Video Lock. Eufy is a smart lock with 2K cam and doorbell that's a three-in-one triple security, so you can have everything in one device rather than install many pieces on your front door. It's not just for security, but it's also for convenience. No more concerns about losing keys. You can assign passwords to your family members and see them coming back home via the integrated camera. It's easy to install and set up with just a Phillips screwdriver. It's got keyless entry, so no more fumbling for the keys when your hands are full. It also has a rechargeable battery that could last around four months, and you'll get low battery notifications before it runs out. Passcode unlocking with a remote control with 2K clear sight to see who's at your front door and control from anywhere through the app. And with enhanced night vision, you can have optimized view even in the evening. No monthly fee, unlike other brands that will charge monthly fee. You have your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage. This is the future. This is everything I love about what's happening with doors. In my opinion, this is an absolute no-brainer. I'm telling you right now, this is an absolute no-brainer. We installed them in the house, and it makes, especially when you have a family, it makes life so easy, so secure, so safe, and once again, so easy. Search Eufy Video Lock, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. If you haven't heard by now, Tom and I are taking part in Sober October again with the help of Whoop. At this point, I've been wearing a Whoop now for, good God, five years. I love it. It helps me understand my body in ways I never did before. It is the best fitness tracker with a companion app that i've ever used in my life it breaks down my sleep my recovery and my workouts every morning the first thing the app does is it breaks down my sleep along with other key health metrics like resting heart rate hrv and based on that whoop then gives me a daily recovery score from zero to 100 percent. the closest i've ever gotten ever is 99 percent. i was really proud of that one it then lets you know how ready your body is to take on the day plus whoop makes it super easy to see how my sleep recovery and workouts stack up compared to my benchmarks one of the biggest things that sets me back alcohol alcohol is a game changer also I hate to say this my tour bus my tour bus sleep is a nightmare the whoop team has found that a night of drinking negatively affects your overall recovery by about 12 percent. when you drink alcohol your resting heart rate goes up the quality of your sleep goes down and every drink lowers your recovery by an additional 4.2%. If we're being honest, the data that Whoop provides really is the key reason I've been able to lower my alcohol intake or even cut it out at certain times all because I just want to help my recovery. I can see the data to back up how I'm feeling, which makes it easier to reset and a little more rewarding to take booze out of the equation. I got to be dead honest with you. I'm kind of looking forward to sober October. And so if you want to do it too, now's a chance to join me and Tom, and see how cutting out alcohol can improve your health, life, and sleep, and more. I genuinely believe this Whoop will help change your life. Go to Whoop.com, that's W-H-O-O-P.com, and use the code BERT to save 10% off your order today. If you're already on Whoop, you can join the official Two Bears Zero Drinks team by joining the team with the code COM, C-O-M-M, dash, the number two bears, okay? Go to whoop.com. Thank you, thank you, gentlemen and guns. Hey, guys, brand new podcast, and it's a banger. You're going to love this one. I'm super lucky to have gotten this guy. I ran into him in Dallas while I was on the Birdie Boy Relapse Tour at the Dickies Arena, and I'm still on tour. 
That's right. I'm still on tour. Come end September with me in Las Vegas at the theater at the Virgin Hotels. Let's party until midnight because Sober October starts. Winter's coming, boys. Winter's coming. I'm looking forward to Sober October. During October, I'll be in Youngstown, Ohio, Charlottesville, Virginia, Florence, South Carolina, North Charlotte, Charleston, South Carolina, Hartford, Connecticut, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, and more. That is my October. Come celebrate with me. There will be great shows. I'm gearing up for my special, which I'm shooting in Omaha on the 15th, 16th and 17th, I think, of November. So we are fine-tuning these specials. These will be probably the best shows of my year. These are the fun ones. Today's guest uh, is, a, is a guy I've, I've been a fan of for a long time. He was on uh, Discovery Channel with Fast and Loud, but I know him best for Gas Monkey Garage. Um, his name's Richard Rollins. I, I saw him on Rogan's podcast. It was an amazing fucking interview, and I kept thinking, I want to get this guy on. I want to get this guy on, and then he hit me up. He was like, yo, if you ever want a podcast, and I was like, I'm in Dallas next week. So we go to my green room at the Dickies Arena, and we end up having a great conversation. I'm fascinated by this man because he's taken what 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 a few of us have, a few of my friends have had, which is uh, a show on on a network that offered you m- maybe a million viewers, and he's turned it into something so much bigger. He's got an extremely successful garage. He's got uh he's got the Gas Monkey Bar and Grill now. They're opening a new one. Uh, he's his YouTube page is fucking huge. He's doing all the stuff he used to do. Now he's doing it on YouTube, and they're getting millions of views just on their own. He's he's such an entrepreneur, and I, I wanted to talk to him about this, and he talks about this tad bit about how this was his dream. He tells me about being a cop and getting shot when he was a cop, and we talk about that. We talk about we talk about his experience with Hollywood and the people that made the show that, that brought him all that success and what that process was like. I think they did 19 seasons or 12 15 seasons or something we talk about leaving we talk about uh we talk about me and tom's next challenge which is the gumball get ready tommy next two bears one cave we are definitely talking about this but we have a great conversation we each have a cold beer it's early in the morning it is in dallas uh or it's fort worth but uh he's an awesome fucking dude ladies and gentlemen entrepreneur media personality all around superstar and more importantly car enthusiast badass motherfucker how you like that richard rollins this is i loved your rogan appearance yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. you were fucking awesome on rogan Look at this thing. This is very intimidating. Yeah. It's well, it's you know what's so funny is we normally have the arms. This is way bigger. We normally have the arms and then (laughs) (laughs) but uh but the they fucking we didn't traveling with them is a nightmare. Oh yeah. Um I like your watch. I think I have the same watch. Sea dweller? Yeah. No, no, this uh this one's uh the uh submariner submariner yeah. yeah this is a sequel so, nice. so it's, it's like a little it's thicker a little thicker a little bigger yeah a little more manly a little more manly I, I walked in with a, with a watch one time it was a rolex but it was an older one and the girl goes oh you wear women's watches and i went excuse me <laughs> she goes well i'm just saying normally men wear bigger watches and i was like oh okay thanks and then i ended up buying a new one <laughs> <laughs> she guilted you right she into guilted it. me right into it the uh so you guys are based down here in fort worth 
No, Dallas is where we're based yeah. out of, but uh, I grew up in uh, Fort Worth here, just about six miles that way. What's it like having, what's it like being, growing growing up in the, living in your hometown that you grew up in and becoming like super, super successful? I don't know because I don't ever come to Fort Worth anymore. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over there in Dallas with the civilized people, but uh, no, you know, it's, uh, it's been a, a pretty fantastic journey and, uh, you know, I started, uh, kind of had a few different phases in life, so I didn't get into the gas monkey until 20 years ago. Yeah. And, uh, well, you were, you were, you were a, a cop. I was a first. police officer and a fireman, uh, yeah. and a medic before I was old enough to drink. Really? Yeah. So I was literally just about, um, one precinct over this way, carrying a badge and a gun and wearing like a 25 inch Wrangler jean, you know, for, yeah. I was a tiny little dude. Do you, when you, when you see, this is a horrific question to ask you right as we start, but when you, when you see like the, the police shootings and stuff, is there a party that goes like, like, God damn it, man. I'm so glad I'm not of that fucking position. You know, I, I hate to admit it, but yeah, but I actually did get shot. <laughs> I took a, I took a bullet. I got carjacked uh, about four miles from here. Uh, I came out, uh, of the bar. I went to a bar with my buddy and uh, I was like 22 at the time and uh, I was carrying a badge, but I didn't carry my gun when I went out drinking. Yeah. I thought it was just dumb. It was you a, know? Yeah, it was a very good just call. stupid, yeah. right? So, uh, you know, long story short, he got lucky, picked up a chick, he goes with her, I come home, I'm like, shit, I'm hungry, it's two in the morning. So I go to the local burger joint and uh, these guys come up, you know, I, I knew something was wrong when I handed her my money and the window shut and then it clicked lock. So, you know, my theory has always been she was in on it or knew it was happening. Yeah. And I went right for where I keep my gun and it wasn't there. I'm like, fuck, and just took off and they were already firing. So I took a bullet through the shoulder and uh, came out here and kind of ripped my arm all open. And Holy shit. shit. Yeah. Is, is that when you were like, I'm done with this shit? I'm going to follow my dream. No, no, I stayed in for a few more years. It really, it, it was just, I was in the wrong place at the wrong time, you know, and they never God. caught him. Um, and uh, it, was, it was pretty uh, crazy. But, uh, you know, I, I only got out of it because it's just, the longevity of it is once you're in, you stay there. And the next thing you know, you're old and you got, you know, a plus size wife and uh, a bass boat. And that's, that's the life, you know, in an yeah. easy chair. And uh, that wasn't for me. What's well, that's so fascinating because, you know, there's, I, 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 there's so many facets of you that, that blow me away. Number one is you got your show fast and loud. You got it. You were the impetus of that. You were like, hammering the network going we should do a show we should do a show correct i actually developed gas monkey to be a show yeah. um i didn't get into the hot rod uh industry and, and making cars and stuff to you know and then get discovered i i've built gas basically you've built gas monkey into a brand that's to be the brand it's, I, I think it's everything i watched what was on tv back in the early 2000s everybody knows who they were and i was laying there but my wife and kid uh, well, my stepson at the time, which is this guy right here on behind the camera, um, was they weren't in the room. And, and so one morning I asked him, I said, why don't you guys watch these shows with me? It's great. Man's cars, motorcycles, burnouts. And my wife was at the time was like, it's just Machado and everybody's cussing and kicking boxes and being stupid. And I was, got me to thinking about me being a young kid, you know, down the street here. And I was like, God, it wasn't like that as a kid. It was family. And if somebody was working on their hot rod, the kids were running around the yard. Mom was making hamburgers, yeah. you know, and, and uh, then I thought about, you know, the shops that I did know about in, in Fort Worth and Dallas here. And I was like, it's not like that, you know, that's, so they're doing all this stuff, stupid stuff for show. And my business mind kicked in and told me, you know what? They're missing 60% of the market to sell their clothes and wares to, uh, because only the men that are allowed by their wives to wear that shirt. Yeah 
can wear it. So I was talking with my wife and she goes, oh, so you think you're just going to sell your company because I owned one at the time and get on TV and be like those guys. I said, I'm going to beat them. Watch. And I sold my company like two weeks later and whammo jamma. That's that is such a leap of faith that, <laughs> because I, I say this to, I, whenever I talk to like young kids and they're like, what, you know, what's I'm going to college. What's the secret? I go have fun, but figure out what you want to do. Like, because if you do what you love, you never feel like you're working. I got really fucking lucky. I got really lucky. But I look like I look at a guy like you, and you are. I'm, I'm like I'm wondering was that was that always in you? Because like that is you. I, I was in that space, the television space, and I watched people come in and and kind of flounder. Yeah, and and not really have a direction and allow the production company to take over. But you came in and you were your own brand and you and you you took it to the next level repeatedly over and over again. I've I've kind of always been kind of a serial entrepreneur. Uh, I, I stumbled into police and fire because my dad always told me, get a good job, don't work as hard as I do. He always had three jobs at a time. I mean, he would really? work, you know, three jobs every day. And uh, he was always, get a good job, get a good job you know, with benefits. So for me at 18, I was like, well, I'll be a policeman, you know? And, uh, and that's kind of what spurred me to leave. I was looking around and I was always anxious and always wanting to try this new thing. And the old firemen were like, ah, Richard, you're never going to work. It's not just take your fireman pay and be quiet. You know, and, and there's I, so many people like that around you Yeah, when you're young to go like, don't, you don't like, in, even, even in comedy, people are like, they're like, you're not going to get a sitcom. Just be lucky if yeah. you feature act. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we, I've been fortunate enough to be in three different industries and built all those companies, sold them. And, uh, you know, now I'm doing what I really love. I, I was buying and selling cars in high school, even before high school, before I had a license. I remember my dad taking me to go buy cars because one of our jobs at the family, we had a, a paper route here in Fort Worth. And this is back way before the computer. So there was a morning paper and an evening paper. Oh, you're, you're my age. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I'm 52. So you're my wife's age. All right. Uh, so, uh, you know, my uh, my dad. Uh, had a paper route uh and so i never got to play from the time i was around eight until i was 17 uh we had a paper route for the family and and uh drove all around east fort worth and you had to get up about two or three in the morning get in the back seat of the car no matter the weather chilly cold raining doesn't matter windows are down rolling the papers chunking them over to the seats for my dad to chunk out both sides of the car and then i had to race home after school to do the evening paper you know and so the, the cool thing about that was, I was trying to get to that point, was I knew where all the cars were. I was up and down these streets oh, wow. for, you know, twice a day for years and years. So on the weekends, I'd have to ride my bicycle or whatever when I was younger and go collect the two bucks and give them their little ticket or two, three dollars, yeah. whatever it was. And I'd be like, hey, what's up with that Mustang back there? I'm like, what the fuck do you know about my Mustang? And like, I'm some kind of robber or something. I'm yeah, like a 12 yeah, year old yeah. kid. I'm like, sir, I drive your street twice a day for the last five years. I know where every car is. It hasn't moved. You know? Yeah. So uh, I bought and sold a lot of cars uh, through those years uh, from, from like uh, 13 to, to 18 years old. Um, I've always tried to try to think about it. And I even drove the old neighborhood one time trying to say how many, but I would say it was in excess of 30 cars, you know, yeah. uh, while I was in high school. And uh, so I was just always been a car and motorcycle guy and, you know, what have you. I got my first bike motorcycle when I was like eight, I think. And, uh, really? you know, so. I didn't learn to ride motorcycles until later in life. I mean, I rode them, you know, as a kid, we'd get a dirt bike and we'd fuck around. Yeah. But I got my motorcycle license when I was older. And, uh, and I, fucking love riding motorcycles 
I used to until the roads got like they are and then this stupid cell phone in everybody's hands. It's scary. It's it, sketchy. It, well, my, my wife won't let me have a motorcycle because I got one for a split second and she made me give it back, get it back because uh, it was just, uh, it was, it was, it's, it can, it, it, especially in LA, it's terrifying. Oh, it's horrible. I don't know how those guys that split the lanes and all that. Bananas. No. Oh, no. Insane. I had a paper route um, when I was in college. And I, you, as soon as you said rain or shine, that was horrible. It's, I remember, I remember waking up and it being ice fucking cold and raining. Yeah. And we, I had to be over there at four in the morning to get all the papers and then do my route. And I didn't drink coffee at the time. And I would just, and, and I remember that it was when the soundtrack for the movie singles came out. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that I soundtrack? Remember that show. Yeah. And, uh, and. I would listen to that every morning and do that paper route. I, I hadn't thought about doing a paper route in so fucking long. To this day, the smell of a newspaper just throws me into a tizzy. Just, oh just the smell of a newspaper. I can I walk into Barnes and Noble and I can smell the print and I'm like, ah. Oh my you know? God, that's so crazy. You know, it's it's uh it was it was hellacious. But you know, you find a lot of weird shit out in the world when you're when you're cruising around neighborhoods at four in the morning, you know. Yeah. We found guns we found you know all kinds of crap in the streets you know it's nuts well I, I i used to deliver papers over in uh so tallahassee was uh florida state and then famu and the famu was the the black school mm -hmm. and we would i would drive drive paper drop papers over there and there was a great fishmonger over there and i would find things that you would never have found in tallahassee if you just went to florida state but there was this great fishmonger i remember my dad came up and he's like I want to get some salmon. I go, I know some good salmon. I drove my dad out there and he goes, where the fuck are we going? I go, I know this good fish guy. And I knew him because I dropped off papers every yeah. morning. I was like, what's up? And he's like, oh, what can I get you? And I got a hookup. My dad's like, buddy, what are you doing? How do you know this guy? Why is we getting fish at a discount? And I was like, oh, I, I deliver papers. And he was like, <laughs> but yeah, that's so funny. Well, the, the worst thing for me that I remember is, is the, the shit sneak attacks. You know, oh, at yeah. four in the morning, there ain't nothing open. <laughs> no, <You> and... <laughs> My shit would happen at the Capitol building. I, I would, that's so funny you say that. Because you, you're you going to shit at a certain hour. And, and I would deliver papers until like, I think, until like 7, 8 in the morning. And I my, I used to have to shit at the same time every time. Almost every time. And God there's nothing damn. open. You know, I used to, I had the favorite building I'd go behind or I had the favorite tree I'd go behind, you know. And uh, for some reason, my dad never had to. So he would always get all pissed off. He's like, you got to crap again? What the hell's wrong with you? You know, and I'm like. I don't know, Dad. I had dinner last night. I got to get rid of it. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I think we're me and you were roughly the same age, and I think we 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 got to know that last generation of man. Yeah. I don't think I can pretend to be a man, but I'm not a man. Like I'm not a man, man. Like you're you're pretty manly. You still know your way around a car. And I, I man, I was obsessed last night. I'm laying in bed, in my bunk, and I was thinking about, in a weird way, like you're kind of a historian. A little bit of that because yeah. because what you do is you, you still you still fuck with cars that almost are uh, almost altogether obsolete oh yeah i mean i i i was uh you did a, when you did rogan you talked about a scout you built oh the hell scout and yeah. i love scout i love scouts that was like my car i thought that was the coolest car you could fucking have you should have bought them a long time ago so they've gone through the roof now for real oh my god they're expensive uh -oh. now this is a good looking scout that you rebuilt because i remember listening to you do talk on rogan and i, I looked that car up I, I probably was late to when you did the i probably listened to the episode a couple months later yeah and um i was like god damn it and then i thought 
that car doesn't have Bluetooth. That doesn't that doesn't have backup assist. <laughs> like all the things that are airbags. Uh, yeah. All the things that are happening with cars these days, you're a little bit of a a historian where you take things from the past, kind of bring them in, into the future so that you can find kind of celebrate. I mean, I I don't I don't think all my daughters will ever learn how to drive a manual car. I don't think they I don't even you can find them. Well, yeah, you've seen the shirts that, that uh, say this is equipped with a millennial uh, theft device and it's, it's a stick shift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and my, my youngest doesn't even want to drive. She doesn't want to drive. She goes, I just take Uber everywhere. Yeah. It, it's And, and my, old, my oldest is like, we should get one of those Teslas that drives. It, you can self-drive it. It's all the fun out of what was a car. It is. It's, uh, you know, that's what I've tried to instill in, uh, in the show and especially with what we do on YouTube now is, you know, yeah. this is cool shit, man. I mean, going fast, burning up, you know, doing donuts. I mean, it's cool. What's walk. If you can, I would love you to kind of, cause I know you're, you're more of an entrepreneur in the sense that you can pick the car that's going to be hot and you can pick the car that you go, Oh, I, that's like the, that's the car that we need to rebuild. It's a good, it's a good buy. And it's, and it's a good looking car. Like this, like you, you were the first generation of getting onto those scouts. Yeah like um what what like the model t is it the early the, the real hot roddy cars that's the model a and model the a 32 fords and yeah. things like that what is sexy about those to you uh really that's what gas monkey cut their teeth on that yeah. I mean, we've probably owned hundreds of model a's and and 32s and three fords um and uh for me it was that was the birth of hot rodding uh you know when in th especially uh when 32 when ford came out with the v8 uh and then the guys had to go off to the war and when they came back all those cars were like ten dollars you could buy a 32 ford you know for 10 bucks or mm. you know or a model a for five and then you'd swap the motor and throw it in there and and uh it's it's when automotive hot rodding to me really really took off was you know about 1930 to 32 kids were getting on there hopping them up they're racing they're having fun you know and uh, so that's what hooked it for me. And I'm still an early Ford guy. I have, I think, one of each year right now. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wait, how many cars do you have? Well, uh, before uh, Wednesday, uh, I had a considerable amount more. I just sold uh, 28 uh, of my collection at no reserve on Bring a Trailer. Uh, and they all went on one day. And we live streamed it and uh, sold them all. For real? Yeah, it was really kick-ass. So imagine when you watch some of the auctions that are on TV now. Uh, we all know who they are. Well, bring a trailer's kind of reinventing the way that you do that. So we sold about a million, three million, four uh, worth of cars. Wow. And if I would have had to load those up on trucks and take them to a big auction in another state and pay the fees to get them in there and then go and get a hotel and, you know, stay there and then bring the ones back that didn't sell, I would have probably lost money on, on all of it. And instead I made around 26, 27% across the board. Really? So, uh, you know, being able to do it online the cars never left my possession yeah. you know they're there we can talk about it we had a ton of viewers on it It was a really kick-ass deal and uh, i think it's the way that the future is going to be you know i'm not against big auctions i like to go and have fun for me it's more camaraderie and running into my buddies and drinking a bunch of beer and doing stupid stuff but you know if you got a collection this is the way to do it that's amazing holy cow so now i got left eh, probably another 20 really yeah and but i'm buying more is that is it is it like, like I'm really into, this is going to sound so stupid. I buy a lot of hats. Like I like hats and it's kind of fun to go through your collection and get rid of the shit you don't like, you don't wear anymore. Is that what it is with cars? Do you have a hard time getting rid of things? 
I really don't because I'm in the business, you know? So it's like, to me, they're just, you know, everybody always asks me, what's your favorite car? Yeah. I'm like the one that made the most money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's my favorite. But, uh, you know, some of the cars I got rid of, uh, in this last little, little deal was, uh, there were a couple that I didn't really want to, but they were the kind of car that was going to gain more hype for the auction itself. So I had to put it in there. Oh, and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's like I'm going to sell a whole bunch of basketball jerseys, so I got to throw that Jordan one in there. You it's know, like shaving your pubes to fuck. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to bring something flair to the to the dance. That's right. It's funny. I'm I'm I've always been a fan of the of uh like 1968 to 72 in Cadillacs. I love the big. I love the old big Cadillac mm-hmm. convertibles. And it wasn't until I I met. Jay Leno and he, I did his show and he had one that I realized how problematic those. We got that in common. I did Jay Leno too. Did you really? Yeah, that's right. Well, I bet mine was worse. I he locked me in a trunk, (laughs) and it was and he was like, "Oh, this is the first." uh," He's like, "What's interesting about this car, Bird? Is this is the first uh, electric trunk where it you close it and then it would seal down." Oh yeah. And he goes, "But you know, they they've been known to have some problems with them because they're they're old. But get in the trunk anyway." (laughs) <laughs> and I got in the trunk, and I had the biggest fucking panic attack. Oh, yeah, claustrophobic. Oh, my, claustrophobic as shit. Uh, I, I could be that way. Really? Yeah. It's funny. I d- used to not be, but in my older age, I've gotten that way. Oh, dude. I, they I, strapped me in to drive a monster truck the, uh, about three years ago. Uh, I went to the Monster Truck University to learn how to drive on those. And they not only are you in all your gear, and you're in all the thing, and you're in the cage, but they also attach your head with the helmet. And I mean, that's exactly oh my, my God. I'm like, hey, guys, I can't get to my Xanax in my pocket. Could somebody get me one of those really Dude, quick? I did. I did. Uh, <laughs> I did a, a, a top uh, fuel dragster. Yeah, I've it? done that. With And but I, I rode. I didn't drive. And yeah, same they way. they uh, they put you in the thing. They put you in the harness and then they tied your hands to your uh-huh. chest so you couldn't reach anything. Well, you don't flare around. Yeah. yeah and I. And, and then they put me in and they're like, all right, we're going to get everyone set up. And I was like, I'm already strapped in. And I was like, hey, guys, I need to be undone. I need yeah, to be undone. I've, I've been there. Do me last. <laughs> Those things can get freak you out. I can't do roller coasters anymore. I used to do a TV show about roller coasters. I did for Travel Channel. I wouldn't know. I haven't ridden a roller coaster in probably 20 years or more. Some of them are fucking insane. Like they got, they've got drop rides that all that'll like make you question your your religion like the, <laughs> and then and then they've got those launch like they've got actually got one called top fuel dragster at cedar point i think they're retiring it and you take off like a bat out of hell fly up 480 feet drop back down i mean it really is it really is intense i, I did that for a fucking living when you were finding all your success on television i was kind of flailing on travel channel and trying to figure out what i wanted to do and and I did every fucking show ever, but I don't, you know, what was great about your show is it was just your personality. It well, was you. thank you. I mean, it, that, I, that was one thing that I wanted to make sure happened. And, and uh, I don't think fast and loud would have lasted uh, that like it did, you know, almost 10 years. Um, would you do like 20 episodes, 20 seasons? Uh, I think it was 16 or 17 uh, seasons, but it was, it was uh, with the other shows that we spun off misfit garage demolition theater and uh, garage rehab. We made a, uh, a little over 400 episodes of television in those years. And uh, they worked me to the bone. But but back to this, to, to the, I think the reason of success was I wouldn't let them input drama. They wanted to come in because they wanted to repeat the, what they thought was magic. And I said, we're not doing that. We're not yelling, screaming at each other. We're not kicking boxes. 
the car will present its own problems and, and you'll have some drama and you'll have some things that people get hurt or people get pissed off at the situation or whatever. I said, but we're not doing all this other stuff, Yeah, you know? And, uh, you know, cause I, my, my thing at the time was the first second that I look like orange County choppers, you know, arguing with somebody, then I'm done. That's the way down. Well, that was what was so fascinating about your show is that it wasn't a, it wasn't a remake of a previous show. Mm -hmm. it was it was it was authentically you and i think that's what i know for a fact it's why when i heard you opened i remember i remember being in texas when i heard you opened your bar yeah and i remember thinking cool as opposed to because it was so authentically you mm -hmm. it was how you presented yourself and you never seemed like someone that was like uh it, it, and this is the cool thing is you never presented yourself as someone like like no offense to Jesse James. I'm, I'm sure he's a very sweet guy, but he always like reluctantly was a celebrity. You know, I don't want to be there. And then, but Barty was watching that going like, then why the fuck are you there? Exactly. If you're an outlaw, then fucking be an outlaw and don't make a television show. <laughs> and, but you were like, no, I'm here. I'm in it. This is what we do. It's cool. It's fun. This is my life. I'm letting you in on it. And by the way, I got bigger plans. And I, that is the, the part about you that really fascinates me because I have a very similar brain in comedy. It's, it's very, um, it's not sexy to uh, to succeed. It's in a weird way because the majority of us spend so much time flailing. Sometimes to be ambitious is is uh, is frowned upon. Yeah, and and you your ambition. I got some of that really from, from a lot of people. I mean, especially in the early days before I had the show, because I'm rolling around telling people. You know, I got the big show truck. I've got cars being built, getting in magazines. I'm trying to get my street cred. You know, I'm trying to get to a point where I can start pitching the show. And, you know, the guys at the, sh at the shows and stuff would be like, oh, that guy's an asshole. Or, you know, he's just a pompous, you know, whatever. And, and, and you'll never make it. I don't know why you tell everybody you're going to have a show. You're not going to be anything and all this. And, uh, you know, I was like, yeah, okay, cool. Watch, you know. Yeah. I mean, even, uh, you know, I, now I have them come up to me and they're like, you know, I remember, you know, you from like 2005 coming in saying you were going to have a show and all this. And I, I, me and my friends thought you were full of shit, you know, and, you know, I'm like, yeah, well, you know, if you put your mind to it and, and you put and you stick to it, that was that was the reason for the success was they came in. They wanted drama. They wanted me to do this. They wanted me to do that. And I was like, no, I'm not doing it. So they tried to hold the money. They were like, well, yeah, but we're giving you this much money for the show. And I was like, well, that is fine but you can keep it because i'm not building a show i'm building a freaking brand with many verticals so i'm not taking your money so you can tell you me what the fuck i do <laughs> I, I love you just you keep think. your money there's a humility in uh in in saying what you want like people think humility is to just shut up and sit in the background and don't cause be humble you know but there's there's a humbleness in saying this is what i want i'm putting everything out there i want to build a brand i want a tv show I want it to be bigger than. I want restaurants. I want tequila. I want you know. I want to be Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, you know. I, I want it all. Yeah, I want to be Jimmy Buffett. I love that Jimmy Buffett is first of all one of the coolest dudes in the fucking world. But I love that he's like, yeah, Margaritaville. Let's have a margarita. Yeah, you know, there's a fucking. That's right. I want to be Richard. I brought some beer here. Yeah, let's crack a beer. I can't do the mic in my hand. But uh, that was the trick. Oh, thank you. Cheers, sir can't believe i lasted this long without one and it's only noon i know right on. i literally said that's like the best sound i like to think that's the sound that baby jesus made when he came out <laughs> i have so many jokes about that sound it sounds like the it sounds like the beer's whispering to you to tell you a secret it's gonna be the best night ever <laughs> you should take your dick out <laughs> so 
you know, we wouldn't, I didn't take their money and they were mesmerized by it. And I said, guys, I said, they said, well, you have to, and you got to do this. I said, no, I don't. I said, y'all can leave and this can be over with right now. I said, this will not fail because I listened to y'all. If this fails because I did what I wanted to, I can take that heat. But if it fails because y'all, you know, wearing khaki pants and driving Priuses in California, telling me what to do in Texas, I said, that ain't gonna work. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and that's the, I mean, that's the big problem is people want to give you, if they don't have a job, if they don't give you their two cents. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, two years later, it's a massive success and they're geniuses. Look at what we did. I'm like, guys didn't do fucking, do fucking yeah. anything. What did you sell? When did you sell it on a pitch, or did you? Shoot yeah, I shot my own sizzle reels, and really? uh, I then re, you know, shot it again. I get online? some feedback. Are those online? I don't know. Can you see that? No, they're pretty good because uh, the show was also uh, at the time was a little bit more of getting out of the shop than we actually did. I mean, we got out, and we'd buy cars, but what I wanted to show was the chaos that ensues when we're out on the town. You know, yeah. we're out in some, you know bfe town in the middle of nowhere and you know we're picking up a car and then we hit the bar and raise hell you know yeah. and then go home the next day and uh we just didn't have enough time in the hour to show a lot of that uh you know or pick up a lot of history in the towns we're in so we focused on the cars and what have you but we're now doing a lot more of that on our on our youtube and uh we've got uh so much going on i mean we've actually grown substantially since we left discovery in 19 well i'm, I'm I, I would i would imagine so we're better. Our YouTube's better. People like it better than the show. Uh, we're we've got like twenty seven million followers now, and uh, we've got uh, fans all over the world. And because of the show, um, you know, we're still the number one automotive motorcycle lifestyle show in the world. Uh, in the world, Holy we still shit. Are. And uh, what have you? Sorry, that's okay. So that, but, but I, that's the thing. I I was like, I know for a fact once I left travel i became authentically myself no notes and i got obviously it's so much better yeah it's so much better they would and, come to me with the notes the otfs you know yeah. and uh here say this because they'll take the show that you went and filmed and then they turn it into whatever turd they want to turn it into because they've already figured out what how the show's going to work and then they hand you notes to say well you got to say that why do i got to say that 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 doesn't make any sense next issue it connects us. it yeah you know it connects it i'm like well you didn't film what the hell i did then yeah you know or you're not playing with the right section <laughs> yeah everyone knows i'm a tobacco guy i'm a huge tobacco guy i'm a cigar guy i bought a pack of cigarettes <laughs> dropping my daughter off for school it was a rough one you know what i wanted was my black buffalo zero there is nothing more enjoyable listen if you're a tobacco person if you uh chew dip or use those pouches long cuts you have to try this tobacco alternative black buffalo zero it is Everything you love about dipping, just without the actual tobacco leaf, stem, or nicotine. It is dip, literally made from edible green leaves and food-grade ingredients with the same flavors, textures, aroma, and pack as traditional tobacco products. My mouth is watering as we read this. No compromise required. They have all the flavors like mint, wintergreen, straight peach, even blood orange, and they sell their products at blackbuffalo.com. Black Buffalo Zero is available in both long cut and pouches but if you're still seeking that little calming feeling with your dip you can check out the regular product as well they also have a subscription option on their core flavors so you can set it and forget it born in the midwest raised in the south black buffalo proudly manufactures their products here in the u.s their founders were looking high and low for tobacco alternatives across the u.s and even overseas but nothing delivered the same satisfaction or high quality they were looking for so they decided Let's make our own and let's make it in small batches. Plus, 
They're made in limited quantity, small batches run, so you can count on the best quality from Black Buffalo. We take it on the road with us. Black Buffalo Zero is my jam. If I go to their regular product line, I am done skis because I enjoy it so much. There's nothing better than a dip and a conversation at the end of a night. It's 2022. Are you still dripping traditional tobacco or those white portion things? If so, and you're 21, it's time to get with Black Buffalo Zero. It's everything you love about dipping, just without the actual tobacco leaf stem or nicotine. Head to blackbuffalo.com and use the promo code BERT at checkout for 15% off your first order. That's the best offer you'll find, but you have to use my code BERT for 15% off your first order. One last time, that's promo code BERT for 15% off your order. Today's episode is brought to you by True Classic. Let me tell you about these fucking shirts. So I get my True Classic shirts. Now, I'm, I'm pretty particular about what shirts I wear. Um, these shirts fit awesome. I felt so jacked. I don't know if this is in the read, and I don't know if they do this on purpose, but I felt so jacked. It made me feel like it was a tighter fit in the chest and in the arms, and I just looked awesome. I put them on with a pair of jeans, and it's a good-looking shirt. It's a plain. Uh, the ones I have, one I had was green. Plain green shirt. I put it on. I come out, and I go, how do I look? And Leanne goes, have you been working out? And I go, no, it's the shirt. Almost all men's t-shirts are designed to look good on a certain body type. Think of those skinny models with six packs. But most of us aren't packing anything but a few beers. Damn it. I, I tried their product and I fell in love with it not knowing they had curtailed, they had manufactured their product for me. I was sitting there going, I look good in this shirt. They did that on purpose. And then I was doing a read and not even realizing you got, look, if you look like me, you got to get one of these shirts. So many times I take a shirt and I open it up with my arms and then I step on it and pull it. And, and that's how I get a shirt to fit. You don't want to ruin the arms because the arms what, or what makes you look good in a shirt. These tees taper towards the bottom, but they fit tight around the chest and shoulders. So you can throw on that true classic with confidence because they know you've got your base covered. They're more than just a t-shirt company. They have menswear staples you can find. I'm going to try everything. I did not know that. They've got polos, workout shirts, workout shirts with the same flattering fit boxer briefs designed to keep your boys feeling nice and comfortable and they make everything super easy to build out your wardrobe you get top-notch quality for great value they have this great pack builder on their site so you can cut custom bundle all their essential products and even save more than the discounted that we're offering you today uh and for the big guys out there they have longer body options for tall guys uh on their triple xl of their staple colors they make you feel your best by accentuating the places that your eye goes first. Wink, wink. Whether you have abs or flabs, I'll take the latter. Their clothes look great on all body types. Skinny dudes, big dudes, buff dudes, my dude dudes. True Classic has you co co covered. Get comfortable, get going, and upgrade your wardrobe with True Classic. Get 25% off at trueclassic.com with the code BERT. Free shipping included on purchases over $100. 100% risk-free, guaranteed with a 30-day return policy. True classic. When you look good, you feel good. I did a thing in, uh, in Action Park. Action Park is one of the most dangerous uh, amusement parks in the world. They call it Class Action Park. It's in New Jersey. There's a documentary about it. And I went and did an episode there, and I went off a fucking 30-foot slide up in the air, landed on my testicle, and blew out my testicle. <laughs> in the most, in, I don't even want to hear anybody say that. That in, hurts. In the most notoriously dangerous action uh, water park in the world. And I was like, that's the story. 
And then and then they I I couldn't see my my ball because I'm so fat, so I couldn't <laughs> see it. So I had to have I had to hold the monitor and have my cameraman shoot my testicle so I could see my testicle. And that's the way I saw it for the first time: is holding a monitor naked in a room <laughs> with my cameraman. And then and then Action Park was like, we need to have our our head of what you call it come and look at it, which is a 16-year-old, two 16-year-old girls. It's a water park. They're children. They work there. I said, I'm not going to let children look at my testicles. And this girl, maybe not the not the most friendly chick, kind of a little bitchy, but a kid, also a kid. Sir, I'm going to need to see it. And I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm not showing you my, my dick and balls. I'm a grown man. She goes, sir, this is my job. I will be seeing it. And I go, everyone film all of this because I will not go down for showing my balls to a 16-year-old kid. She goes, sir, film what you need, but I will be looking at it. Now, this girl has never seen a guy <laughs> naked. And I'm thinking, this is the fucking show, right? She comes in. I hide everything and show her just the one testicle that has exploded and blown up. And it was, it was huge, the size of a lemon. And she just went, oh, my God, you need to go to the doctor and ran out of the room. And I go, that's the show. Never put it in. Never yeah. put it in. And you're like, why would you? And they're like, oh, it's just not brand friendly. It's not what we want to be. And I was like, yeah, but that is, man, remember when I blew out my testicle? Yeah. That's I mean, he horrible. was the one that shot it. Yeah, I, I literally have real pain right now. Oh, yeah. Just thinking about it. But uh, we, you know, we had some of the same things, uh, you know. And then at one point, I was running four shows at the same time. God. And, and, and I was, they, I mean, I worked like a dog because I had a bigger plan. I, yeah. I wasn't just this guy that was like, oh, I got a TV show, man. I'm going to be cool now. I was freaking out at, you know, I'm opening bars and restaurants. I'm launching tequilas, launching energy drinks. I'm, you know, building the brand and licensing all over the world. And, you know, and then I'm making these four shows at, all at one time. And I, I, it was, it was crazy. Cause I'd be like, I'd show up to set or wherever we were at, watch whatever garage. Cause we had different garages and I'd be like, what show is this? And what did we talk about last time we were yeah. here? You know, what, what's going on? And, uh, so they, they beat me down. Uh, it, it just about killed me. I think I left, uh, I think I left the set twice in an ambulance. Are and, you serious? Yeah. And so I'm in a hospital, you know, thinking I'm having a heart attack and they're wondering when I'm getting back to work, not even a fucking card or a set of flowers. The Hollywood machine as it is, is the worst group of people I've ever known in my life. I mean, the, the, the absolute <laughs> worst kind of human beings they, 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 they can't even allow themselves to have empathy for somebody because that's it. That in their mind is accepting responsibility for the situation. And then they're fucked. So literally if something happens, we had a big freaking deal in a, in a hotel where everybody got loaded and we busted one of the fire sprinkler things and flooding the rooms and, you know, and all this, they just didn't even respond. They were like, they're contract workers. The, 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 you know, the hotels calling the Hollywood and everything. And they're all going, we have no idea. There was a contract workers. We don't know. That's, They're your problem. <laughs> you know? That's crazy. What was, was it, was it tough for you as someone who ran, already ran a successful business to go in and, and you're a numbers guy. Like you're, uh, you're, you're, you're a buy it for this, build it for this, sell it for this guy. Yeah. I mean, you had to say at one point, what are we making this show for? Where's the money going? I was upside down to the tune of about, five times everything i owned before it finally flipped really but i mean i just kept pushing and kept pushing but you know i went broke twice you know sleeping on my sister's couch type broke trying to get to getting a show yeah and then when i got the show the the expenses and everything that i was trying to do and 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 then the growth and the keeping up with you know 
100,000 t-shirt orders and 500,000 t-shirt orders and you know all that I mean I was scared to death there for a while that that it was like yeah it looks like a great success but I don't have any fucking money you know <laughs> what the hell yeah and uh then it finally turned around and everything kind of got on a good even kill and you know the sponsorships and endorsements and all that stuff did started you, rolling what, what, did you, what does your team look like like I'm because I, I like you guys you guys are everywhere yeah do you have do you have a do you have a business manager that brings you deals? Do you have an agent? Do you you seem like such a mom and pop? Like I don't do any of that. I, I did an agent and uh, manager and and lawyer in Hollywood for a few years, and you know, to tell you the truth, it just didn't work. Yeah. Uh, you know, I like the guys that I worked with, so I'm not going to talk shit on them. But I'll just say the system itself sucked. So I had an agent that was at CAA. You know, I'm with the big guys, right? They brought me one fucking deal. Out of all the deals I did, they brought me one, you know, and uh, so I was always closing all my own deals anyways, and then having to turn over and give it to them and give the 10% to them, and the 10% to the manager, and the 5% to the lawyer. Finally, one day I said, I'm just out, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, di full disclaimer, I'm not talking shit on any of my team. It, it was the machine they were in, you know, it just sucked. Well, it's, and, it's uh, I, I have a, I have a so saying. I do it all myself now. I have a saying about, and I've said it, it's, it's kind of a, a mean saying, but it's a frustrated saying. Um, I pay for a lot of BMWs. Like uh, my business pays for a lot yeah. of BMWs. And my question is always, do you earn your BMW? Like, did you earn your BMW? I love good sayings. My wife's good at that. But uh, did you earn your BMW payment? Like, did you do the work to get that BMW payment today? No. It's, it, yeah, and that's the question you got to ask. Sometimes you're like, this guy's just driving a BMW and he's not doing fucking shit. Well, not only that, you know, there was a situation with Discovery and, and, the, and the production company and I was really heated and I wanted out. I was done. I tried to get away from the whole uh, uh, cable thing uh, for two years before I finally got away. Yeah. And because uh, it was just so horrible uh, and the machine was horrible. The people were horrible and, 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 and what have you that, uh, you know, I pushed real hard. And, and one of my team, the California team, says, I can't do any more for you. I said, you're you're the one that's supposed to do it yeah and he's like i'd be jeopardizing my relationship with these people he goes and then that'd fuck with my job and i'm like well great so you're supposed to protect me and help me and you and you just d you can't you know oh my god you know and, and he and i are still friends to this day you know because it was like i said it's it's the freaking machine they they just eat up and use people and they i'm sure you've seen some of this where you sign a contract and you come back later and go what the fuck did i do you know they these people were were this that whole machine was fucking eating me alive before they ever even knew my name and when i signed that first document dude it didn't matter if i had a few shows and i failed or i didn't yeah you know, it just didn't work out but boy if i got successful the teeth came out yeah yeah there's uh i remember watching contracts i remember watching people sign contracts other talent and we'd talk at the thing and you'd find out what their contract was I remember that very specifically because I had done television before, so I knew what I wanted my my per episode to be. So I was like, "This is what I know. This is what I, I get paid." Mm -hmm. And there were some people that would come in and and had never done television. There was one young lady. I remember talking to a cameraman, and he was like, "He was like, you you know, what she gets paid." And he told me, and he was getting paid more as a cameraman as she was talent. Yeah, and I've I was seen like, it. Like what the. They negotiate it all out. They try to get you scared. Well, you know, you got to wait till it's successful and, you know, all this. And and I just went in blind because that was my nick. You know, I, I almost turned it down. 
because I'd gotten so far, it was, you know, the company was eight and a half years old. Um, I'd done everything I could do and, and I was pushing hard and I kind of just went, you know, and I kind of stepped back for a second and, and I was thinking about like, I tried, you know, I gave yeah. my best shot and then the call came through and, uh, you know, six episodes and my wife and I at the time, uh, were, were building another company in the home healthcare field and, and we were doing good and it was doing good. And so I said, you know what? I don't think I'm going to do it. I said, you know, and she's like, oh, you have to, you know, you have to, if you don't, you'll always wonder what happened. Yeah. And um, so by I said, the way, yeah. thank God you listened to that. Yeah, I know, man. Cause I usually don't listen to my wives, uh, but <laughs> that's great. <laughs> plural. I love that it's a plural. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I said, you know, if I do, I'm going all in balls deep, I'm just doing it. And, uh, she goes, go. And, uh, so, you know, there we are and, uh, off we went. So what did the orders look like when they'd order episodes? They ordered six initially. They ordered six before they even aired one. I think we were filming the third and they haven't aired any yet. They ordered 12. And by the time the first season had played, they ordered 25. Whoa. And then it was just a rocket ship. They were ordering usually at about 30, 36 at a time. And uh, then, they, then they got that tail on you, you know, like, oh, and we have options, you know. And so it got to the point where I didn't want to give them any options, but they wanted more shows. And I'm like, I'll give you another set of shows, but you're not going to hook me into the option. They're like, well, we can't do that. And I'm like, I don't want to work with you people. Yeah. You know, I can do better, you know, and they got me, they got me good on this one. All media. They, they owned me in all media, social media, as we know it, and the computers, as we know, it didn't exist back then yeah. at all. So when it started existing, I'm like, kick ass. This is more for me to get out to my, my, uh, uh, you know, watchers and the people that love us. And they shut me down. I got several certified lawyer letters, you know, saying you can't do that. You can't be on YouTube. You can't be on here doing that i'm like guys this legitimizes me as a real business not just a tv show yeah and it's good for our brands and it's good for you and makes more people walk. and they're like no we own you it's uh uh i remember that so in my contract i had carved that out only because i was a stand-up first and i owned my likeness i owned the brand of bert and i could market bert separately and i think i don't think they ever expected any success by, by the way the people at Travel Channel, I, I was such a failure there that I <laughs> that I can only th say they were on my team because they kept giving me shows and they all sucked. Yeah, I mean, I watched I watched guys like you or Adam Richman or Guy Fieri or that you know we were two different at the time. We were two different companies. Discovery used to own Travel Channel and Food and all that, and then Scripps was where we worked. Yep, and I watched you guys blow up, and I remember being like, I wish I could just do something do something that was like me like authentically me and then when i told them they're like what do you want to do i was like i want to do like what bourdain did i remember one of the guys at the network was like buddy can i be very blunt <laughs> with you and i was like yeah and he goes you are no anthony bourdain you will never be as big as anthony bourdain just be lucky you have a job and i went i was like well, that's not that's the kind of people i say get out of my fucking face that's not what yeah I was like, that's not what i want to hear at all <laughs> And I mean, I've heard, I've had, I've had people say things to me where you, when you hear them and you're like, I think I'm done working with this person. I had a manager once tell me, um, when's my turn to get famous? He, that's what a manager said to me. And I went, I, I don't, I don't think you're supposed to be famous. Yeah, I think yeah. you're supposed to be a manager behind the curtain in front yeah, of the curtain. Yeah, what, It's two different things. So wait, are we competing for careers here? <laughs> is it you and me on the same fucking stage? That, that is frustrating. That is, I can only imagine. Did you ever get the upper hand on them in any capacity financially or, or with any deal? Like, was there, cause I know that some guys like, like, uh, ad, like, um, I shouldn't say names. 
I, won't, I, I was going to say Adam Richmond. I'm not going to use Adam Richmond. Some guys like Guy Fieri right now has the upper hand on on Food Network. Oh, he crushed him. He but does, he was yeah. in the right place. They bought scripts without negotiating with him first, and they had no choice. Mm-hmm. You know, so I no. The answer to that is no. I I I did not ever get the upper hand uh, with them um, until the very very end, and uh, that was a big battle. But, really? Uh, yeah, I'm kind of locked under seal on that, but it was a battle. And I whooped their fucking ass. Really? Oh yeah. Does, do, are you? Have you ever hung out with Guy Fieri? Yeah, yeah. He's a cool cat. He's fucking really cool dude. Yeah, I went up to his fiftieth uh, birthday in uh, San Francisco here a couple of years ago. Oh, because he's a car guy too. Oh yeah. He's do you a, know that all his car collection is yellow? No. Yeah, he has all yellow cars and trucks. Are you serious? Yeah, yellow. Holy shit! I don't know how I feel about that. I even told him that. I said I don't know how I feel about it being all yellow. Well, the the Kardashians are all uh, like matte gray. Like they all have their their cars match their house, and oh, it's yeah. the reason Ferrari. And this is what I love about Ferrari: Ferrari won't sell them a Ferrari because they know they'll change the color, so they don't sell them a Ferrari. They shouldn't. I mean, I guess everybody's into their own expression, but uh, you know, for me, you know, the matchy matchy and the, and the Kardashian thing. I don't know. Yeah, it is what it is. I, you know, I, I, if I was there, I wouldn't be complaining. Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot of money. There's a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I actually that- met uh, Chris Jenner uh, a while back in uh, in Cabo, um, and uh, she was very uh, different than she is in the show. Very really? quiet, very standoffish, very bigger. I'm better than all of you people. I'm better. I met know? I met Caitlyn. I worked with Caitlyn Jenner, uh, and uh, she was fucking awesome. <laughs> I can imagine she's still a young girl and having fun and enjoying no. life. Oh, no, no, no. Caitlyn's the... Caitlin's the oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot. Done, yeah, she's definitely not a young yeah. Girl. I think she's seventy six. Okay, I was getting confused with the young one. Is it Kendall? Ken- oh yeah, yeah. So I, that's that's Kendall's a, a billionaire. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, Kendall. And then Kendall the one that's a model Ken- is Kylie. Maybe Kylie's a Kylie's the model. Would it would it have the, killed them to just name them different letters so that we could fucking pick them apart? Like I, I feel like I'm watching uh, Lord of the Rings. I could never get anyone's name. They're like Goldarf. I got a great Kardashian joke, but I can't tell it on air, so I'll have to tell it when we're off. Please tell me off. Oh, it's freaking great. Um, yeah, I'm, I hung out with Caitlyn, the older yes. mom. The well, yes, yeah. uh, that bitch can run. <laughs> <laughs> that motherfucker gets competitive too. Oh yeah, like you forget there's a champion inside there. There's a legit champion inside there. We were competing, we were throwing axes, and I was fucking winning. And all of a sudden, you could see. I don't know the right way. I almost killed her too. I threw an axe up in the air and it landed by her foot and it, and it like almost hit her and you could see her like bro out. If, if dare I say, yeah, I get it. You can't bro out for a second and be like the fuck. And you were like, I don't know if I forget. I'm fucking with a champion here. The, uh, what do you think about like if, if, if when you, t- I'm, I was going to toy with the idea of getting a luxury sports car. Okay. What, what, if you could walk me through what your opinions of them are, like Ferrari is the one. Well, that's a, that's a sports car. You know, yeah. there's no luxury for Ferrari. I mean, it, it yeah. is luxury because it's Ferrari, but so it, wait, you so know, wait, there's, there's I, a different way of looking at it. Is, okay. it, is it a car that, that you want to go cruise the California coast in? Yes. Do you want to be able to pile your kids in it? No, no, no. Okay. Fuck my so, kids. So then lose the word luxury and replace that with really fucking expensive. Okay. And, yeah. I, and uh, what have you? I at my at my at my heart am a am a front engine V twelve guy. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very, very upset that uh, Ferrari's fixing to quit making the front engine V12s. The, I think the 812 GTS is the last one. Um, uh, my buddy just got one in Dallas, and uh, it is just such a pitching cool car and yeah. front engine V12. This is all mid-engine stuff. You know, I used to say if your engine's in the back, you probably have a contract. You know, if your engine's in the front, you got money. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's the way I look at it, yeah. you know, but, uh, you know, for a touring car and cruising around California, obviously you want a convertible yeah, and, uh, what have you. So, uh, if you could get one, I'd get the 812 GTS, but, uh, if not, you know, um, is it 812 or F12, uh, whatever. It's the G this is the latest GTS. And, um, um, I'll show you the ones that, uh, let me you know, see Porsche if- makes a phenomenal vehicle now. Porsche is just on fire and yeah well my buddy uh my i don't know if you know who tom skur is but he's obsessed with porsches he like that's all he drives mm-hmm. and he's got a ton of them and he i can't really tell this story i can tell it a little bit but he got one that was like a fucking year weight like a long one yeah, yeah, and it yeah. did not come in the specifications he had wanted and it fucking sent him through the roof and these cars are like cars that you you buy them, and I think you have to hold on to them for a period of time. A lot of companies now are making you do two-year contracts. Really? Yeah, but I know the way around it. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> <laughs> we'll tell you off fire. Yeah. But I can show you how to do that real quick. But, uh, yeah, they do make you sign two-year contracts. But the Ferrari is a great car. The the Nothing beats a convertible 911 turbo. I mean, it's just, it's just such a bitching car to drive. Really? And they're big. They're bulky. You know, they feel good. And, uh, you know, Mercedes, you know, they're right now. I don't think they're on the top of their game with a with a you know a, a GT, a Grand Touring type car. Um, and then Lamborghini, <laughs> Lamborghini to me is just flash. You know, it's 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 an uncomfortable car to drive. I've had a bunch of them. Yeah, you can't see out the windows. You can't see to back up. You know, it's it's just a Batmobile looking crazy and thing. I never understood the paddle drivers. It's just paddle shifting you don't it's even just, have to do it yeah it's because it, it does it without it right it does it without it yeah and if you and if you really know how to drive one it's good but 99 percent of the people that get those cars don't really know how to do it so they end up just fucking up the transmission yeah that's and then what they're I, back in there getting you know with the bill <clears throat> i drove a lamborghini in mexico you could rent them and drive them down the streets and it was funny and they could let you on a track i've never in mexico they're renting lamborghinis yeah are you sure they're not volkswagens with like a body kit it's a fucking lamborghini <laughs> it was a, it was we did it for travel channel uh, and it was uh i used to take people on vacations of a lifetime and this guy's dream car was a mercedes Gullwing. is that the right thing that i'm saying uh yeah yeah those are great and, uh, and so he um so we got him on the track and we had a lamborghini a ferrari and then we also had this Gullwing and uh the lamborghini was funny the lamborghini was, was it a more, new going like an slr or? i think so so it's like it's a modern car yeah yeah okay. yeah 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 yeah. Okay. modern car and he fucking it made his day but i i had so much fun in the lamborghini but i i i i, I mean i was never a car guy it's just i i couldn't i could appreciate a car but i think because i just I'm, I'm weird with spending money i have a hard time spending money i could never like my buddy's Tom's girl will, will go and he'll do one show and then he'll just go buy a new Porsche with that money. Like he'll just be I like, I need to get into comedy. It's, business is a banging right now. Yeah. Or podcasting. Have you thought about doing a podcast? We've done a few. We haven't really found our niche yet, you yeah. know, to do this. Uh, people, they've trained for 20 years to watch me go do, not sit and talk about it. So yeah. they, so they, they're kind of weird. They're like, man, wait a second. He's not, 
he's not doing he's not out there in the field and stuff like that so we haven't found our niche for a podcast yet but we got a few ideas because that's i mean especially i mean automotive i know you know matt farah <laughs> do you know him? who do you know him? yeah <laughs> <laughs> well he has a park car podcast but uh a what <laughs> car podcast <laughs> But he, but uh, but I, I mean, I, I think you're fun. You're fun to listen to talk. Like your your party stories are as fun as your knowledge of cars, and your knowledge of the business. But more importantly, I see you as a guy who just builds out so much quicker. Your brain's an entrepreneurial brain. I think that's what's. Yeah. There's a little bit of like, of the. Uh, I'm trying to think of the right guy to mention. Like, uh, like it's not Matt Fair. It's not. I, <laughs> apparently <laughs> apparently <laughs> but uh but yeah i i i i would be fascinated to hear that you talk about like just you and rogan talking about the fucking uh chevals is it the cheval the cheval uh, cheval yeah 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 i was like oh i gotta google one and then i googled one i was like that's a badass fucking car yeah those are cool and that's the, i mean half of it half of what podcast for me is learning is like listening and learning and going Oh, that is a bit like the fucking scout. I Googled that scout and then I was like, God damn it, I need to get scout. Then I started getting onto the Ford Broncos. I was like, shit. And then I started following these people that are doing vintage Ford Broncos. Oh, it's insane. Oh, you're getting $300,000 for those things. Yeah. You know, uh, actually, Rogan has one. He pulled up in it. I was like, dude, that's pretty badass, man. He goes, oh, yeah, so and so gave it to me. No, I'm like, that's a $300,000 truck. He goes, yeah, they, they like me. <laughs> I'm like, if anybody out there wants to give me a $300,000 ride, I'm. I'm your man. Oh, uh, tell me. <laughs> I, I got my buddy Carlos Miller's a, a comic, and he he deals with cars he, a lot. Like he's, uh, but he more like I think more like donks and stuff. Um, oh, I got a few of those. Yeah, and he he sent he just sent me one today. Of it's always Cadillacs. He's like, how about this one? I raced a donk. Uh, I did a four door Caprice about 2005, maybe, and you know the Gumball 3000 rally and the and the uh, Bull Run rallies yeah. and all this. I've won all those rallies. Yeah, uh, you, and uh, I want to talk about that. Keep yeah, going. Yeah, so uh, and I always build something different because oh, any any asshole can show up with a Ferrari. All right. Yeah. So I always show up with something that's just off the wall. So back then, the all the videos and stuff that were you know circulating, everybody's in these donks, and so I put a, a whole Cadillac Escalade inside. Uh, a four-door 76 P green uh, Chevrolet Caprice. Like I'm talking like grandma's go to the church car and I put it up on 24s and that damn thing would run like a scalded dog. So I show up, everybody's laughing. I'm in a four-door Caprice. It's just all lifted on stupid wheels and all this. And then, uh, you know, we're going down the freeway and I just fly past a guy in like a Ferrari or something doing about 180. And he's like, what the hell? Holy shit. Yeah. So we had a lot of fun doing that stuff. How, what is so? How do those work? Those gumballs? They, they you've because you've done it, the Cannonball Run, right? I have the cannon. Well, I had the Cannonball World Record. That's it, thirty-one fifty-nine. Uh, we did that back in two thousand seven on Mother's Day weekend, and we were the first ones to break the actual record since nineteen seventy-nine. So funny. I I always thought the Cannonball Run was. I thought it was just a movie. No, Cannonball Run was a movie uh, based on an actual movement that was back in the seventies of against the man and the 55 mile an hour speed limit yeah. and you know uh gas prices and all that kind of stuff so how needham and all his buddies did that shit and then they said well let's make a movie out of it so they got everything together and made the movie and That's uh, so crazy it's been broken a few times uh since it didn't get broken for about five maybe six years and then uh it started 
now it's getting pretty competitive. I think the I think they're getting real close to doing it in twenty four hours. Really? Yeah. So what what does that look like? It's you and another buddy. It's, there's no rules except for started started uh, the Red Ball Garage or they bought <laughs> the Red Ball Garage and go to uh, Redondo Beach, and that's it. So how many people can be in the car? Doesn't matter. Doesn't even matter in the car. There's no rules. This, but it's you have finished. to be the driver. You have to be the driver. Nope. You, you can be part of the driver. You can switch drivers. You can do all that shit. Really? Yeah. And uh, so me and me and Dennis were actually uh, on another rally. We were in uh, Canada. I don't know Canada, whatever that side is. Is that Montreal on that side? Yeah. Okay. And then we were going to be racing to New York. We were on the bull run. And we were going to race all the way down to Key West. And this is a little bit of a kick-ass story. So... While we're there, we get there to do the race. The Ferrari's all set up. We got tanks, got radar detectors, got every gadget you can imagine. And remember, this is 2007. One of our buddies at the bar, we get to talk about Cannonball Run. And he's like, it can't be broken. And me and Dennis are like, we think it can. We think we can break the record. He's like, well, I'll, I'll bet you 50 grand you can't. And I said, well, I'm not going to bet anybody 50 grand. I said, because odds are you're not going to make it. You're going to get caught. You're going to have a problem. And even a small problem, like a 25-minute ticket, you know, sitting on the side of the road, you'll never make that time up. Yeah. And I said, so that'd be a dumb bet. He goes, well, how about this? Y'all do it, and I'll give you 50 grand if you break it, and you don't have to give me anything if you don't. And I said, okay, rich guy, uh, we'll do that. Yeah. So we're on a rally. So the next morning, the rally's supposed to start, and, you know, it's a seven-day rally all the way down the East Coast. We leave the rally and go to New York and set up. Uh, at the starting point and uh this is now a saturday afternoon saturday evening and we i hired a limo company that i knew in uh in uh, new york city because there's three ways off the island there uh in manhattan and uh, i guess there's three main bridges yeah. and uh so i had limos at each one uh looking for cops looking for everything else i had another set of limos staged out on all three of those routes because my deal was we've got to get off the east coast as fast as possible we no matter what because if we don't get off fast, we'll never make the time up. Yeah. And uh, so once we were ready to go, we we radioed in. They said, you got to go this route. So we picked that route. And as we picked off limos, uh, and we had like seven of them staged out, out, out there, as we were picking them off, they were slowing traffic behind and keeping us abreast of what was going on behind us. Oh, And that was the great. only little trickery that we did. Uh, other than that, we just ran hard. We were doing... You know, if the if the weather or if the road was clear, we were averaging in the, you know, 150, 160 all the time, all the time, all the time. You know, if if the road was clear, you know, and there's a lot of empty clear roads out there when, when you start driving around. Oh, I've, I've driven this I mean, across this country a bunch. We we went across Oklahoma on that toll road or on 40. And uh, I, I don't think we ever got below 150. I mean, we were just gone. There was nobody out. It, it, we, we just hauled ass. So we ended up finishing in uh, 31 hours and 59 minutes, which beat the record by 30 or so minutes, I think it was. And um, we stopped the car physically five times for gas. Um, we had two tanks. We had the regular tank, one in the trunk. And uh, so that took up time. And the fifth time was uh, I had already called my car and trailer driver to meet us in New York or in California in case we made it because I wanted the car back across the other side to meet up with the rally. Because remember, it's a seven-day rally, Saturday, Saturday. It's only Monday morning now. And oh, yeah. uh, so he had gas, and we pulled over and splashed five gallons because we were literally going to miss the hotel by four or five miles. We had no gas. Really? And uh, so we got lucky there, finished it. There was all kinds of newscasts there and everything because uh, they knew we were coming in. We were keeping in track with the hotel and the PR firm and everything. And so it's all over the paper that we beat it. 
and the other guys are in the rally on the other side of the United States, right? So my team grabs the car with three guys in the truck and they haul ass back across. Me and Dennis get loaded, get some sleep, get a private jet and fly back across. And we're sitting in Savannah, Georgia now by, I guess it was Wednesday, with the car that's already traversed yeah. across the nation twice, waiting on the rally guys to come in and the guy that bet us the money. So they come in and we're, they're like, what? How, you know, how did you do this? Right. Yeah. And, uh, I, I hate to go this long, but it's such a, no, no, story. please, please. I need to write this. I need to write a book on this one week. So the, by the way that you, you definitely have to. Yeah. So, you know, then with every, all the commotion, all the, everything else, you're still partying, picking up chicks and doing whatever, you know, it, you know, if you're single <laughs> and, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, disclaimer, but, uh, anyways, uh, then we get on the rally. He goes, what are you doing back here? I says, shit, I'm still in the rally. I'm going to whoop y'all all, all yeah. the way down to Key West. So we get to Miami and the, and the guy that bet us the 50 grand, he goes, hey, he goes, we all know the next stop is Key West and it's only one road and there's a lot of cops and everything else. He goes, uh, how about this? He goes, I'll bet you double or nothing that we can get into Key West before any of these cars and I'll let you cross the finish line first and we will be first and second in that order. And I go, okay let's just check it out you know because there really is they were already warning us that there were cops in every single town it's a three-hour yeah. drive down there and all this so they give us the card to go there's a lunch stop in marathon in marathon key i think is what they call it and he goes you follow me no matter what so we take off and we're going north and we're not going south i'm like what is this dude doing and he, i said dude are you sure he goes just follow me or you lose and i'm like okay so we come into uh, this gated area and they kick open the gate. It's like the scene from Con Air. It's Ukulaka Airport. And we come around the edge of this metal hangar and he's got a DC-9 plane sitting there and a, and, a, and a ground crew and none of them speak English. And the captain, you couldn't have, you couldn't have scripted this. He's the, the guy with the half the cigar and the, and the leather jacket all hanging open with yeah. a flappy hat. And he's like, oh, Andre, Andre, you know, give this, you know, and we put these things on the, the, these two, um, like little pallets and they're trying to squeeze them in the door with the forklift and they have to turn. They push the two cars in there and uh, they were like, well, somebody has to go with the cars because they're going to have to need help loading them and, and uh, unloading them. And uh, what have you? I said, well, uh, you know, and the only rule in those rallies is kind of gentleman's rule. You make the stop because the stop is usually lunch or something stupid that you need to see. Yeah. And it's kind of like keeps the cars together and makes yeah. it more fun. So uh, I go, Jay, I said, so, Dennis, my 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 co-pilot and and uh, and uh, the other co-pilot get on the Byron, get on the plane. And I mean, this thing is leaking oil and smoking. I mean, this looks like a beat up, dilapidated freaking freighter, right? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going. On One that. of those old Eastern airlines that flew bad. into Cuba. Yeah. It, yeah, it literally was. I wasn't going to be surprised they didn't fly to Cuba and just not bring us back our cars. Yeah. And uh, so I asked JD, our, uh, my my buddy, um, I said, well, how are we going to make the lunch stop, dude? And he goes. That's what the helicopters are for. And there's two helicopters spooling up just past the plane. And I go, well, what do we need two for? And he just pushes me down, just kicks me right in the chest, pushes me on the ground. He goes, it's still a race. And he's like running, <laughs> he's like running to his helicopter. And uh, so he took the helicopters, landed in Marathon Key, <coughs> got a car to take us to where the, the lunch stop was. And everybody's like, you know, where's your car? Went, oh, fuck, we're out of gas. You know, they went to go get gas and all this. And we're sitting there like when all the cars are leaving to go on down to uh, Key West. And uh, 
they're laughing at us because our boys aren't back with the car. They think they went to go get gas and shit. And we're just like, yeah, okay. As soon as they leave, we jump in something else and drive away and get back in the helicopters flying to Key West. Cars are on the ground. Everything's safe. We're, we're the first ones there by like 26 minutes. And Ooh, we're sitting shit. there with the cars, with coolers of beer and sitting there. And the first guy that comes around the corner, he knows he hasn't been beat. He's always been in the lead, right? He's, yeah. He's happy as shit. No one's passed him. He's coming in first, right? <laughs> and he turns the corner and just, and he looks at you can see him pounding his dash he doesn't know what the hell happened he gets out fuck you guys you cheated this i said there are no rules man yeah. there's none so we literally you know in canada down in new york across the uh renando oh beach back to savannah down there cars on an airplanes uh helicopter rides and freaking whooped everybody's ass at the end god damn you gotta write a book that's like fear and loathing <laughs> in las vegas it was freaking like that because meanwhile the whole thing all of those things our seven day parties. The parties yeah. are legendary at night. So it's freaking, it was a lot. I, I've, I've, I, what other races are like that? Cause I know they have the gumball. Gumball's in, in Europe. Gumball is based in Europe, but they're all over the world. Really? Yeah. Maximilian uh, Cooper is a good friend of mine. He does that. And uh, he's married to Eve, the rapper. And no uh, yeah, uh, he owns that. He's done real well. They're on like their 23rd year, maybe. Um, and then there's, there's a whole bunch of littler ones um but uh you know the gumball uh 3000 is the way that all the others are measured so what how, how do you get do you have to submit to be in the gumball i know johnny knoxville did it one year you gotta pay i was on that one uh yeah. you gotta pay um and they usually keep the price pretty high to keep the riffraff out yeah um you know to get serious people in there but you know there's always bands i mean uh djs celebrities all kinds of stuff really it's an it's a nutty thing and the parties are really off the charts so how does it work you you everyone gets in their car bring and, whatever you want and then you drive the first leg and everyone's got to get to the thing and then everyone yeah like you're going from montreal to new york and there's you're in some crazy party that night and then you got to really? get out of the city and get to the next place you don't know where you're going you know you're going to start here and end here but until that morning do they give you the card and tell you the next city you're off to shit it's pretty crazy the best thing i ever saw though was this guy came over from london and uh he had a tour bus, you know, kind of probably like when you tour it, but he had it all done up. said amazing Frank and, uh, you know, had it look like he was some kind of amazing talk show dude, whatever. Yeah. And, uh, he's doing this thing. And, uh, he had put out through a PR firm there in New York that, uh, he wanted, uh, you know, five to 10 girls, uh, that they needed to bring their luggage in case they got selected and all this kind of stuff. And they're going to get on the tour bus and they're going to ride with him and his film crew. And they're going to have all this fun and, uh, what have you. And then at the next city, he was going to, like switch them out for other ones and keep ones that, you know, whatever, and they're filming and all this. And so he picked these, you know, four or five really good looking, maybe even 10 really good looking ladies, right? And uh, he's doing this throughout town and, and like everybody wanted to be on the bus, right? You know, it's freaking kick ass. He was nobody and there was no camera. There was no film in the cameras. He was total bullshit so he could pick up chicks. Oh my God. <laughs> you can't get away with that nowadays. But back then, yeah, that, that would be crazy. a tough one to pull. Yeah, you get lit up on social media. God damn, I want to do the gumball. I am not a fan of dress shirts. I, everyone, I'm not a fan of shirts. Everyone knows that. But I dread wearing dress shirts and, and being on camera. I really, honestly, it's one of my big, like you go do morning radio in LA, you've got to wear a dress shirt. I'll rip it off in the middle, but you got to show up in a dress shirt. Or you do late night talk shows, uh, which like Conan, which you, I guess he's gone, but you had to wear, I, I had to wear a dress shirt. I'd end up taking off. But I was not a fan of dress shirts until I found Mizzen and Maine. I'm telling you, if you have not heard about Mizzen and Maine right now, you need 
you need to know about them. That's why they've just cut it. Uh, just take it up from you've got to check out Miz and Main, okay? The company was born when Miz and Main's founders saw a sweat drenched DC staffer running into a meeting, wrinkled, stained, exhausted. His shirt needed a refresh. That's what drove Miz and Main to make the world's first performance fabric dress shirt. Fast forward 10 years, and now they make incredibly comfortable flannels, no-tuck shirts, which are my jam, performance polos, chinos, and so much more in that same performance fabric they became famous for. Basically, they make really comfortable men's clothing that you need to try to believe. Possibly the best part of their dress shirts is that they're made machine washable, which means no more expensive trips to the dry cleaners. And if somehow you still aren't a believer, they've got over 30,000 five-star reviews, so you know they make a great product. I'm telling you. This is my go-to dress shirt. I've never looked forward to wearing a dress shirt before, but I am finally looking forward to wearing a dress shirt. If you want the best damn dress shirts money can buy, check out Mizzen and Main right now. If you go to MizzenandMain.com and use the promo code BERTCAST, you'll receive $25 off any regular price order of $130 or more. That's $25 off when you go to M-I-Z-Z-E-N. A-N-D-M-A-I-N.com and use our promo code BERTCAST. The other day we went to the world's oldest open-air market and I watched all these people who make amazing things. T-shirts, handmade paper, um, uh, rings. So many things were out there and I thought, kind of stinks that you got to know where this open-air market is in order to get these things. I wanted to tell everyone about Shopify. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Listen to what I'm saying. If you are making things, whether your thing is vintage t-shirts or recipes for ghee, start selling with Shopify and join the platform, simplifying commerce for millions of your favorite businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll create an online store in your vibe, discover new customers, and grow the following that keeps them coming back. Shopify has all the sales channels sorted so your business keeps growing from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform form, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free libraries full of educational content, Shopify's got you every step of the way. Shopify makes selling simple so you can put yourself and your ideas out there. Whether your thing is making eBooks or earrings, Shopify makes your success possible. It's how every minute new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify, and you will too. When you're ready to launch your things into the spotlight, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform backing millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Go on, try Shopify for free, and start selling anywhere. This is possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash birdcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash birdcast to start selling online today. That's shopify.com slash birdcast. Me and Segura should do the gumball. Oh, if y'all are going to do it, me and Dennis will do it. I fucking love that. It's hard, man. I'm not going to drive. I'm just going to drink. No, Max makes it hard, man. Really? Uh, Yeah, gumball is difficult. Uh, In a a seven-day run, you might have even up to three days that are a 1,000 miles because he'll make you a short day get you some fun get yeah. you into a big party blast all night long some super well-known dj or like one day with snoop dog whatever and you're up you're partying the next thing you know they hand you a card and you gotta go a thousand miles really <laughs> so it's freaking, holy shit it's brutal it's pretty difficult that sounds fucking 
I, I, but it sounds like fun as shit. Like I would love to. Do. It is. It's, it's some of the best fun I had. I made a lot of good contacts. I've got a lot of really good friends that, uh, you know, lifelong type friends that I've made, uh, doing some of those things. And, uh, you know, nowadays it's a little frowned upon cause people get silly and they'll go too fast yeah. and, and what have you. My group was always very careful. You know, we'd go fast. There was no one around, Yeah, but we weren't cutting through streets and doing stupid stuff. And, yeah. What's the fastest you've ever been pulled over doing? 183 what car were you in uh i was in the uh stupid donk thing i was talking about. oh for real yeah and what did and how when you get pulled over at 183 how does that conversation with the cop go he goes he was a little heavy set and he was all flustered and just sweat beating down and he was so pissed off you know because we passed him and i saw him and i didn't need to pull over but yeah. you know knowing what i know from being a cop I said, I'll just pull over. So I pulled over and it took him a few minutes to get to us, Yeah, you know, and I'm sitting on the side of the road. And he's like, you, what the hell's going on with y'all? And, and, uh, I go, um, I go, well, sir, uh, what do we need? And he goes, do you know how fast you were going? I said, no. He goes, what do you mean? You don't know how fast you were going. I said, sir, it's a 76 Caprice. The speedometer only goes to a hundred. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was above that. He goes, you're doing 183 miles an hour. And I'm like, Really? And I look at my co-pilot that's Shut with up. me, and we start dying laughing. We're like, holy shit, this car's fast. Yeah. You know? And he goes, what are you guys laughing about? And I said, sir, to tell you the truth, I didn't think there's any way this car could go that fast. I said, it's pretty impressive. It is a four-door Caprice, man. And we finally calmed him down a little bit. And uh, he goes, you know, I'm not fucking with this. He goes, I, I, I'm just not. He go, and so he let us go. Holy shit. Yeah. He, he, you know, we talked to him about the car for a bit. He kept us on the side of the road for like an hour. But yeah. he ended up letting us go. I want. I, I. I feel like I want to get. Uh, I want to get an uh, an old car. Like I want to get an old car. What car do I want? To do a rally? No, no, no. I want. I'm. I'm, I'm gonna let Segura pick the car. <laughs> yeah. car for the rally. You want new? Uh, yeah. No, I feel yeah. like I like want. If I did a rally again, I'd do it in my Rolls Royce Wraith. I just put that down on my birthday list for Tom. So Tom and I do birthday presents uh, every year. We have to spend more money than the next guy. Oh, yeah. Right now we're at a hundred thousand dollars. You're not going to get a wraith for that. It's two two fifty, right? Yeah. And so I told I told for a used one. New ones are five hundred now. Are you serious? New ones are four fifty now. Because I've had four of them. Uh, you know, every year and a half or so, I buy another one, and they've gone up and gone up and gone up, and they haven't changed the car at all. Really? They just keep jacking the price. What is it about a wraith that you like? Because I know it's Ti's favorite car. I know that like it's it's a hot fucking car. Oh, it's um. It's it's so quiet, so elegant, so comfortable, and yet still really fast. Really? And it's heavy. You you can feel that you're in this it's machine, and it's it's not loud. It's not obnoxious like a, a Ferrari or Lambo or anything like that. It's just like this feeling of going really fast and just floating, man. It's and cool. If, so if we're going to do the gumball, we should do it in a Wraith? I would. I hope he buys me a Wraith for my birthday. Oh man, can I get in on this birthday thing? Yeah, this birthday thing's got out of control. <laughs> it does. It, dude, we 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 had to sit down with my group of friends because we were doing something similar, and everybody was getting more and more. Yeah, and we finally just we were sitting there and we were like, we got to we got to just pull the cord here. We, we got to stop this. We shit. almost pulled it this year because I was like, how about we go back to like just a nice present, just yeah. a nice present? Because I I bought him a race car last year, and uh and and uh, like with the fucking and so he's been racing. He, he he's really into cars, um. But I I just uh. He was like, "What do you want this year?" He's like, "Just so you know, I'm 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 gonna really step up my game." And I was like, "Motherfucker!" Oh, I'm, I'm, my oh. list was uh, this was my list of what I wanted for my birthday: a ranch, a cabin, a sailboat, a wraith, a motorcycle, a couple motorcycles, 
a gold bar, a private island, a tiger, a bed and breakfast, a Russian bride, a vineyard, an Italian villa, a bar, or a minor league baseball team. Those were my list for my birthday. That's a pretty good list. It's a great, really good list. Now, me being, if I if I was the one on the receiving end of the list, I'd get you the tiger. Be badass. Yeah, but it shits and eats. Yeah. That's like giving you responsibility and liability at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> I'd get a white tiger. <laughs> tigers, man, tigers are fucking badass. If you turn your back on them, they can't help it. They attack you. Yeah. It's yeah. in their nature. It's in their nature. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, what, okay, so Wraith is the, Wraith is my dream car, I think. I think that's my dream car. They're I, great. You so, can get a nice used one with low miles. And again, they haven't changed in five years. They're, they're the yeah. same freaking car. So you can get one in the 250 range for a nice used one. See, I, I got, I'm, I hated, you know, I'm a dog guy. Like, I like dogs. And so, and I knew what kind of dogs I've always wanted. You know, I, I knew the dog I wanted. I always wanted a bull mastiff. And I, and I would. Oh, my look, God. That's a giant freaking crazy. Uh, just I'm, 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 slobbering. I'm on my third. We had 150 pounds, the best fucking dogs. The be- but I, I did so much research. Part of the fun of getting a dog for me was having a family and doing the research on what kind of dog I wanted. Yeah. I wanted it. Originally, I wanted a Doggo Argentino. They're fucking gorgeous. They're cool. But they're, it's, they're a little more dominant, and around kids, it wouldn't be totally safe. And so then I settled on Bull Mastiff. was like, they're good around kids. They don't technically bite. They're more knock you down to the ground type dog, and they're real protective. And so I was like, that's the perfect dog. And I'm telling you, I hit it out of the park with that dog. We're on a third bull mastiff, and they're just fucking. The so you want to put this thing in the car next to you? No, 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 no. But so I, I'm on doing a TV show, and I'm my lease is up, and I never could pick. I never could pick a car. I never wanted a car. I never could go. You know what I want? I was always like, what do I get? And I talk to Skur, and he'd be like uh check out the bmw's got the five series if you're not really if you're just looking for like a sedan yeah five series is a great car they're great cars. so i got a five series and i loved i loved that car and then i was like god damn it then I, that lease goes up and i was like i don't know what to get and it's scroll's got a, a car guy and he's like uh you, these this these are the options that you should look at so i got a, a mercedes like uh whatever the bigger one mm-hmm. and uh and i like it and then and then when I was doing the show the last time, this same TV show, I was like, I'm going to get into looking into cars. I'm going to take the same focus and and look at, get into looking at cars. And I was like, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to buy a used car and I'm going to drive it across country to my show in Colorado. I got to do, I was doing Red Rocks at the time. And so I started looking at cars and they were like, that's not the best. Don't take an old car. Rogan was one that called me. He was like, you're a fucking idiot. Don't buy an old car and try to drive it to Colorado. <laughs> but... I, and now it's fun because I, I I discovered the wraith and I was like oh I, I when you when you said it I went all right all right that's the car that's the car and now what what old car would you get I was thinking the Grand Wagoneer was a cool looking car the old ones yeah if you get it all redone and yeah everything. But you, and that's what you need to do you need to get it redone and up to that's up what snuff. you uh, yeah but the Grand Wagoneers are really good touring cars uh, and there's a, a guy here in Texas uh, that does a really good job with that's all he does is rebuild those cars really and uh they're real nice but uh you know old car you just got to be ready for the adventure it doesn't really matter what you pick you just got to be ready for the adventure because you may make it with no problems you know or you may be uh cruising past west texas and your ac go out you know it could suck yeah <laughs> you know? so uh you know it really is just you got to be mindset for i'm doing it because of the adventure and whatever the hell happens happens yeah you know? I've, I've always wanted a, a big 
72 Cadillac, like uh, yeah. the Eldorado, the big, uh, that was like my dream car. Those cars are, could make the trip easy. We did it. We did a, the Disney World trip. I swear to God, What's the, 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 the movie uh, with Chevy Chase, uh, Vacation. The yeah, first, the yeah, first yeah, one. yeah. I swear to God, they stole that from my childhood. We got piled in the car with the new Cadillac and and uh your family and, yeah and my oh, mom and dad up. in the front and we had to stop at all the wigwams and the biggest ball of yarn and we're going to Disneyland I mean yeah. and and all the shit that happened in that movie was pretty much what happened on the trip when I was a kid <laughs> you know just everything went fucking wrong yeah and uh so uh you know when the movie came out I was like wait a second I lived that you know yeah that's but, fucking that was so a- you got to be ready for the adventure of it you know and sometimes yeah. when you break down you know it's cool uh you know you can have you end up being somewhere that you didn't even know existed and party and have a good time and yeah who cares well that was the fun the fun of those old school road trips when we take them in college i remember one time a bar burnt down and uh my buddies were like we should go to see if they left the liquor in there excellent choice and so we went in uh and the liquor was all still there and we just grabbed all the bottles all the covers were burnt off uh and we grabbed the bottles and we threw them in the back of my jetta and we were like, let's just fucking have a fear and loathing road trip. We just start driving. Just start driving. Just someone goes, take a right, take a right. See where it takes us. Yeah. And we ended up in West Virginia and uh, and had a, it was like the funnest. It was the funnest time until you're like, all right, we got to go back to school. Let's drive home. Yeah, the but drive it, home always sucks. Oh, oh, oh. But it was the funnest fucking road trip. I haven't done a road trip. I mean, I take that back. I live on a fucking tour bus. Yeah, but that's not road tripping. It's not road tripping. That's just tripping on the road. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what motorcycles do you have? Um, you know, I recently just cleared out a few. Uh, so right now, I only have uh, a few choppers just as decoration around the shop and stuff like that. Um, and then I've got a chopper that I've owned for 26 years. And uh, um, I, that's my main bike. Really? And uh, I had some street glides and things like that. And I just, Dallas streets are too shitty. So I just was like, I don't need them. Just sell them. That's crazy. Yeah, there's. We took a motorcycle through the um, national forest in in Alabama. Was it Alabama? Is that the tell the dragon thing? Uh, I, I, God, I Talladega. It was the Talladega National Forest. There you go. And uh, we took motorcycles through there, uh, Indians, and um, it was one of the coolest things I've ever done. Where and and you know I I I came to motorcycles very late in life, but the the when you're with a group of people and you're all driving somewhere it's such a cool fucking, yeah 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 it's such a cool fucking i used to go to aspen every year from uh on fourth of july week because it's beautiful up from there. texas and we would drive you know like 20 30 of us would haul ass up there and hang out for the week and what have you holy and shit it's always a good trip i just got back from sturgis a couple of weeks ago and uh had to go up there for an appearance and do all that kind of stuff <laughs> is sturgis more like work for you now I went to Sturgis um, one year. Yeah. I mean, I usually don't go up there unless I'm getting paid to go do something, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, I'm thinking about opening a gas monkey barn grill up there during those weeks, God, during the month of August. It. You'd murder it. Well, we're building. We got three being built right now. Yeah, tell me about, because this is the part of you that probably fascinates me the most, is your your entrepreneurial like how, what how, what was the process of opening gas monkey barn Road? it was on the original business plan i wrote back in 2003 um and uh it was you know build the shop get the right team b- get build cars get the street cred go around the nation you know it's no different than probably comedy you got to put in the time yeah you know and then you know 
get the right deal, get get a, a, a show on the on there, and then from there, now we're big business. <coughs> let's get the brand going and at Walmart, Target, and what have you, and then let's get you know restaurant bar and restaurants opened up. Let's get tequila. Let's get energy drink. We jumped into that um, and uh, write a book. You know now you know we're, we're just keeping on executing it. And COVID gave me an opportunity to uh, get away from uh, my partner in the restaurant. Um, and uh, so I shut that one down and we're building a new one right now. Um, really? 43,000 square feet. Holy amphitheater shit. out. Uh, green space. It'd be somewhere like you would probably even come in and perform. Oh, wow. Uh, it's big, big space. And uh, it's from the ground up. It's going to be wicked. It's right building up. it right now? Yeah. Where? Uh, in Dallas? Yeah. It's in Dallas. It's 635 in Luna Road area. Uh, now, it's part of a big development so on the other end of the development uh just so that we're not closed too long because it's going to take another year to build what we're building yeah uh we're opening a thing called uh, gas monkeys primo cantina and uh so it's a tex-mex kitchen that we're going to put in on the other end of the development and then once we open the big one you know we'll move down there so we'll be open with that probably next month and uh, then we've got another one going in Louisville, which is a suburb up here north of uh dallas and uh, another one going out at Lake Ray Roberts on the water. I'm doing an aqua monkey that uh, is oh, going to have a wow. uh, <clears throat> hundred boat slips and live music right there on the lake. You'll be able to come out, you know, jam, you know, you'll, you know, on the water, off the water, whatever you want to do. It's going to be pretty cool. And then we're moving to uh, uh, Orlando and Vegas and sky's the limit. Who knows there? Holy shit. Yeah. Do you ever get nervous? <sighs> I used to, but not really, you know um we know it works um we've got two uh generations of people you know last 20 years that have grown up watching us they're vested uh you know and uh we're a fun brand we're always and the other thing is we always show people what we're doing you know they freak out god dang he's gonna go try to open in vegas who's he you know and 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 we tell the story and you know i don't mind if, if if we fail uh it's you know i want people to see the the work and the and the and the trial and the effort you know, the first time we lost money on a show, on a car that was in the show, yeah. Discovery people are running around with their hair on fire. They didn't know what to do. They're like, you lost money. And I'm like, well, yeah. And they're like, well, that's the main car in the show. We don't have an episode anymore. And I said, show it to them. Yeah. And they're like, well, we can't do that. And I said, not everything works. Yeah. I said, if I go two or three, four years, you know, and I'm always making money on the car, the show's going to be boring. I said, I lost money. I lost my ass. Show it to them. Now, okay. now by the way, now that's our business model. The majority of the shows over at Discovery are not, uh, but all the home shows are flip or flop. And so they're like, oh, ah, yeah. we and now we're upside down on the house, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's their recipe, you know? And, uh, I, I don't know. Maybe I invented that recipe, but they did not want to show it. Really? And I had to tell them, I said, I'm, they wanted me to go fake like a different sale price for it. And I was like, I will not fake it. You know, and that's another thing. They wanted to make the shows faster. So they wanted to bring in a crew at night. And I was like, myself and none of my crew will stand in front of something that we didn't build and take oh they wanted they wanted to bring in like a night crew so they can make the show faster you know now we're now we're double timing and me and my crew sat down in front of them and said we will not stand in front of something and take credit for building if we didn't build it so you you're fighting a lost battle there jesus and there's a lot of shows especially car yeah that do that a lot really oh yeah they have the night crew come in and they got the guys, the Richards of the show and the mechanic of the show that come in and flappy flap their gums a little bit. They're gone. The car gets built somewhere else. That's crazy. It sucks. I could never do it. What shows were there shows that having made the show? Cause I know 
I got, I would get, I would get livid when I would watch shows because I was like, that's impossible. Yeah. Like, like, uh, no, no, no shade on, uh, Bar Rescue, but like, just knowing production the way I did, they, whenever they had the secret shoppers come in and be like, we're sitting at the bar, where's the bartender? I would go, how come I can hear them? They have a mic on. Someone put a mic on them. Exactly. Like, yeah. I know, and I was like, I can't, I can't sit and watch a show because one of the big things, like, I used to want to be able to, when I'd meet someone, meet them authentically and be like, hey, it's Bert. Nice to meet you. Yep. And have a conversation. And they'd be like, we don't have a mic on them. And I was like. I, I used to hate that, too, because I'd pull up to buy that the car. And they, yeah. And they got to go up there and wire them up. And then I'm supposed to knock on the door. And I'm like, why don't you guys just show that? Why don't you just show them coming out? Yeah. Get them on a little bit of a boom and say, hey, we got to mic you up so it sounds good. And then walk on into the, the bar. We started doing that. We, we started going just aired on a boom if it, the audio is a little shitty i don't think people will pick it up they don't let us get that moment then throw a mic on them and then Correct. let's get the meat of the thing you need yeah but that authentic meat is so Im- important sometimes that i i used to have a hard time what, that's why i like what we do on youtube it's much better yeah. we, we just wing it and, and and it's real time and it's real emotion and it's real what's happening you know so to speak so that's why we like it there better what, what shows could you watch that were car shows where you were like Okay, I can still be a fan of that. Like I could, like, I'll be very clear. I could always, I could always watch Man versus Food. I loved Adam Richman. Oh, yeah. I loved, loved I, that st- show. I loved Bourdain. I loved Zim- those old school guys. I always loved those guys, and I could watch all their shit. I can still watch Guy Fieri, uh, Guys Grocery Games. I love. I like. I could watch them, and and appreciate them because I could see, I could see the expertise in what they did. Like I love that guy. I, I love the guy's just an authentic talent. He is. I mean, he's he's the Richard of food. You know, yeah. I mean, he really is good. And uh, you know, I told I actually texted him the other day. I told him I said, dude, you do that ultimate game night thing that he's doing right now, yeah. the the food party game night thing. I said I want to be on that. You know, I said that looks like a lot of fun. You know, and it'd be cool to be on a show like that and not be the host. You know, and not have to do the work. I did guys grocery games and I loved it. Oh yeah, I was like I was like because th- I, I you know I. Ride or die for Guy. I've always liked Guy. Yeah, and I've and I've and I've, I've known him because of Travel Channel. I've known we'd all do upfronts together, mm-hmm. and so uh, I did Guy's Grocery Games, and it was like fucking awesome. I know I I didn't see. I'd love to do all that stuff, and I texted him knowing that I can't. I mean, Disco's not going to play with me again ever. <laughs> well, well, maybe I don't. You know, I think it's well. All they said people. that about Jesse too. So how many times they keep bringing him yeah, back? There's uh, he's I mean, risen more than the Lord. He has. <laughs> Well, he was that first, you know, I, I, it was, it was, he was the first build show. I yeah. think that you saw that you were like, that you were like, I was like, I have no interest in fucking motorcycles, but I can't stop watching this yeah. fucking thing. Yeah, he really was. I mean, and, and, you know, he's, he's, he's calmed down a lot in his older age uh, and, and uh, what have you. So he's a hootie. I need to go down there and see him one of these days, but I just hadn't made it. He's, you know, he's like the, he's like the OG. What shows, what, what shows could you still watch when you were on the air where you were like, they're doing it good. There were car shows. Were there any? I I stayed. I didn't really watch. I, I'm not answering it as an asshole saying, no, only my show. I don't watch them yeah. because I'll pick them apart. And that just gets me all my anxiety going oh, up and everything else. I can't watch so, shows now. I can't watch shows yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, like you trying to watch a comedy show, you know, you'd be like, oh. you know. Oh, I don't, don't get me started. If I, 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 the beat. I watch the hook. I watch know? everyone special. We were talking about someone. We were talking about Shane Gillis the other night. And last night, <laughs> Shane's one of the best. And they were like, oh, you know what I like about Shane? And they were like, you know, he does this. And I and I was like, hold on. I go, you don't think that I haven't been picking apart what he does on stage? <laughs> like, I watch him on a next, from the first time I saw him, I watch on a next level because I'm like, 
I'm I'm fascinated by the little nuance. Same here. And and when when it comes to specials, I get like I get obsessive because I there's so many ways to do it wrong and there's only a couple ways to do it right. Comedy's and, hard. A lot of people out there don't understand how hard it is. I actually yeah. had ambitions one time of being a, a stand-up comic. For real? Yeah. I just never got around to there it. Were great clubs out here too. Yeah. Hyenas, uh, Addison Improv. There's a bunch of great clubs here. There's a out bunch here. of clubs here. My my uh my son's actually trying. Really? He's, he's done some um, open mic nights and stuff uh and what have you. Uh he told me he doesn't want me to go yet. He wants me to wait until he gets a little better. My dad's still never seen me perform. Oh man. Yeah. But, uh he the last time I was in Tampa, he and my mom sat backstage. Uh and they listened, but he didn't he can't go out and watch it from the show. He's No kidding. Yeah. And then I mean, tonight I'm at Dickies and uh yeah, 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 I used to be uh, the spokesman for Dickies. I used to, I had a big endorsement deal with those guys for a few years. Really? Yeah, because they were located right here in Fort Worth. Yeah. That's where they started in the 1800s. Oh, for real? Yeah. Uh, and they were family owned until just a couple years ago. Uh, all wow. the way through that. And then the, the family finally sold out to a big conglomerate of some sort and uh, what have you. But, you know, Dickies is really big rooted here in Fort Worth. It's a little different arena than you go to some arena and they just got AT&T on or whatever. Dickies yeah. is Fort Worth, has been Fort Worth for, you know, well over 100 years. And, uh, you know, so that that's pretty cool. Uh, Fort Worth's got some really good style to it and, and attitude and, you know, Tex-Mex, barbecue and Dickies and all that goes together. Do you think, do you think, that's an interesting, it's an interesting thing as you say that and I go, I go, it kind of gives, uh, gives the brand a little more worth when you go since what year? Since, holy shit, that's a long time. Yeah. Do you think, do you think tesla is going to have that lasting power i don't know man there's so much going on in that world that i just can't even understand it yeah um you know have you, have you do you have a tesla no i've never had one i've never even driven one rogan's got one i mean i hate to put words in his mouth but he's like it's one of the fucking funnest cars in the world it's supposed to be yeah <clears throat> but it's just all that technology i'm like i'm kind of anti-technology i, I mean yeah. I, I can barely check my email scam through instagram you know check you know that's about it i, I i'm not what this i should be my smarter because this thing will do anything you want it to do yeah uh but uh you know i look at it for recipes and that's about it you know uh, that's yeah i don't i don't I, I wonder uh if maybe i should maybe i should do that you know guys at the top of this game and you know and jesse and orange county were at the top of their game maybe i made move to food try to try to start something new uh i have a cooking show Oh yeah! Oh yeah! I, I want to be on it. Uh, a open invite. I would love to have you out. We'll fly out to LA, put you up. Come on. Who do you want to do it with? What's the show? What's the premise? It's called Something's Burning. I do. Uh, I don't. I am a kind of a cook, and we just get fucked up, and I make a recipe. Oh, I'm in. It's a lot of fun. We and dude, I'll do it because I cook a lot. I, I'm a big foodie. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that I'm working on right now, another show premise, is uh, where food and 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 automotive motorcycle cultures meet you know um where where those two anywhere you go like a really good example is dallas and houston the kind of trucks they build in houston you know uh big trucks with the the lights underneath them and yeah, all that yeah. you know we'd throw rocks out here in dallas and the same thing with with trucks we build here in dallas and then they think they have the best tex-mex and the best barbecue and you know we think we do and so, you know, whether you're at a truck event or a low rider event or a donk event, there's always food around. And there's, it's usually the kind of food that's unique to that culture and, and also that area. 
So I think it'd be cool to do a, a, a show where those That's, cultures meet. You've already sold me. I'm I'm fascinated in, like, it would be cool then to go to like Southern California, see the low riding culture with the with the authentic Mexican street tacos. That like exactly that would be I'd be really you know, interested. But in you that. could also, who does low riders better than anyone in the world? Japan, Tokyo, really? Oh, unbelievable what they're pulling off down there. So you, you literally go to a low rider show in uh in Tokyo, that would be and and awesome. they are running circles around what we do in Southern California. And the donks in South Florida, same thing. They go have the whole hog barbecues, and yeah, you know they're getting all crazy. That's a fucking great idea. It's a great idea. Well, what's great about now is that you can just do it. Yeah, you can just make it. Well, you're the food dude, and I'm the uh, you know. Hey, you know, let's go. Let's get in a donk and go down to fucking little Haiti. <laughs> oh i'm down yeah, i would be fucking really into that it would be a lot of fun so we've got a few concepts we're working on that's one of them and um the other one uh that we've been tossing around is uh, a thing called car court because i used to be a policeman you know yeah. so imagine me as the judge and uh, all these small claims i mean any city in the world has thousands of small claims you know guy cheated on his girlfriend and she scratched his car and spray painted it or there was a fender bender wreck or you know all this kind of stuff um and you get them in there and you know it's it's more lax and you it, with the telephone devices and the street cams and everything you really yeah. get to get out and see what happened and i think it'd be fun to be a car court dude plus i'd love some of that judge judy money that lady makes some cash yeah oh yeah i used to, that's what that was my my plan is get on just find just find one show and just sit on it for the rest of your life everyone always goes what's your what's your big white whale i was like oh multi-cam sitcom I live in LA. I have a motorcycle. I drive to I shoot over at CBS Radford. I have a 10 minute drive on a motorcycle every morning before everyone's there, right? Rehearsals on Monday, script notes on Tuesday, shoot on Friday, head out, do the Saturday, Sunday on the road, come back on a private jet Monday. I would yeah. love it. Give me a sitcom that shoots for 10 years. I don't even need it to be. What was the sitcom I told that guy? I was like, I'd do that. Uh, I, I was telling someone I would do, I was just do, I don't give a fuck. I was just, I, I would love the creative outlet to take my jokes and put them into a sitcom. Problem is I need the creative outlet. And the problem is I'm not getting it at CBS Radford. I'm not going to get it at CBS. I'm not going to get it at ABC. I'm not going to get it at NBC. And so then you start going, well, I'm going to do it for a streamer. Now it's got to be single cam. It's like all the compromises. When you talk about the Hollywood machine, all the compromises that happen, you, and then you just go, and then I just tell my agents, I go, I'm just going to make it. I have the money. I'll just make it. I'll See, just... I'm happily unemployed right now. Make a few stuff on YouTube. Yeah. You know, I get paid to drink beer and play with cars. That's that's great. You got the fucking life. Well, <laughs> dude, thank you for doing this with me. I can't I can't thank you enough. This has been a treat. I, when I saw you on Rogan, I was like, it was really fun to see the guy that I've seen on TV yeah. kind of cut loose and be like a, and oh. know that you're a regular dude. Yeah, the first time we did it, we got hammered. He, oh. he called me up the next day. He goes, dude, I haven't been that hammered in decades. The fucking, <laughs> we're about to do Sober October. Are you guys? What? Me, 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 what does that mean? Me, Rogan, uh, and Tom Segura, and then this guy, Ari Shafir. We, do, um, we don't do drink or do drugs for all of October, and then we have workout challenge. So it, we're, we're, I mean, by the way, we're, I think we're making it so everyone can join in. That's why we're, we wanted to do it this way, because normally what we do is a competition. Where it's like, who can burn the most calories in a month? And I mean, that almost killed us. I don't know if I do without my Miller Lights, man. That would be so. I mean, if I quit drinking Miller Light for like three days, I'm down six pounds. Oh, for I real? Mean, yeah. I mean, I look like a different person. I just carry so much water weight because I'm always drinking yeah. beer. You know. If I stop drinking for if I stop drinking for three days, 
you see it in my face immediately. Like my face deflates. Yeah. And and uh and then if I stop drinking for a month, all of a sudden I have a really hard time starting drinking again. I haven't quit drinking for longer than maybe a week in two decades. Oh, I did I did when the pandemic hit, I I did uh three months. I did three months because I was at home and I was like, Well, I'm not gonna and then and then I the first drink I had, I had a live event. It was a live streaming event. And uh and I and I drank on that, and then I, the second I, I was like, "I'm back, I'm back, baby." Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "I'm not going anywhere." Well, I gotta, yeah, give me some information on that. I might, I might sign up for that. And guys, I'll probably fail. No, no, you won't. You'll, you'll be shocked. You're gonna end up loving it, and by the end of October, you're gonna be like, "Oh man, we got to do this every year." Oh no, October thirty first <laughs> at twelve oh one. That's what that's what happens to us on Halloween night. We're like texting each other. Wait, what? What time? What, you, what coast can are we, we going? Go, yeah, on? can we go East Coast? Can we do East Coast? <laughs> um, are you coming to the show tonight? I can't. I got a previous engagement with a, a big charity uh, foundation. You know, one of these uh, black tie BS things that well, uh, that I don't really like to go to, but I have to. So, well, please let anyone at your garage know that if they want to come out and 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 see the show, we can comp the tickets. I, I know we're sold out, but we can. It's a, an arena, so there's always room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah, yeah. I think a few of my guys might try to come out. Uh, for sure, and uh, I wish I could, but uh, I was already roped into the Cattle Barons Ball at South Fork Ranch. Oh, that sounds fucking fun. Yeah, it'll be a good time. That sounds, I mean, you going to wear a cowboy stuff. hat? Oh, I'm wearing a cowboy hat and cowboy shirt. I'm going to look like uh, the Rifleman. Fuck yeah. <laughs> well, dude, uh, I'll, let's exchange numbers. Keep in touch. Hell yeah. I'm going to hit you up about something's burning. I'd love to have you on an episode oh, of it. On. That would be fucking great. And... Uh, and thank you for doing this, man. Thank Kick you very ass, much. Man. I appreciate hey, it. I thank appreciate you. it, brother. Thank you. Right on. Woo, I got to pee. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.